LGP or RIP 1207. What? 1207 means Lemon Grove. LGP? Lemon Grove Punks. <laughs> It's a thing. You want to... No, you don't have to show me. I okay. believe you. I believe you 100%. You ever see that shirt I have, David, with the lemon on the front? It says Club Lemon on the back? That's from Lemon Girl. 1207, man. Wow. Yeah. Repping. That's real. I got to rep the set. Yes, you do. Yep. Yes, you do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Director of Outreach and Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I am the Youth Minister here. I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator. Jackie, what's happening in Japan today? Um, it, I actually just looked outside, and it looks like it's going to rain. Kind of the same here. It's a little gloomy. It's been gloomy. It's not snow, though. It's not snow. I'll take the victory where it is. <laughs> it is kind of weird to be from, you know, Palm Desert, San Diego, and to move somewhere else yeah. and need to look at the weather every day. <laughs> yeah, right. right. It's not part of how you grew up. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just assume that it's going to be a beautiful day. Yeah. Maybe a little overcast in the morning, but that's about it. Right. Right. Now I have to check the weather for my outfit choices. Oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> well, we are in a new liturgical season. What? And, yeah, I know. This is We are officially in the season after Pentecost. And now the, uh, the weeks will be called propers or weeks after Pentecost. So this is the first week after Pentecost. Uh, and as you all know now, listening to the podcast for so long, the liturgical seasons change over every Advent. So Advent is the beginning, and ordinary time is the end, and then we change over to new a new lectionary year and a new liturgical season every Advent. So we are in year B still, and now in the propers, or the season after Pentecost, and the first week after Pentecost is always the Feast of the Trinity, or Trinity Sunday, uh, which doesn't tie specifically to any readings, but it is the the uh, the Sunday where we celebrate um, the Holy Trinity and our understanding of the triunity and the unity of God in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all that that means for our spiritual lives and for our lives of faith. Um, but... Today, we're going to talk specifically about the gospel as we do every week, and as, as is true every week, this week's um, Faith to Go resources, which you can find at www.stpaulcathedral.org slash faith to go, or in our weekly email that contains all of the Faith to Go resources that you can sign up for at the web, on the website, uh, are all based on the gospel. And so the gospel for this Sunday is going back to the beginning of John's Gospel, and it's John 3, 1 through 17. So Maya is going to read the Gospel, and then we're each going to take a turn highlighting something that we hope you uh, incorporate into your conversations this week. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs, and you do a that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, 
No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I have said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak what, of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If, you, if I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I, if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that, the, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Thanks, Maya. Yeah. That is a long one. Yeah, I think I did well. You did a great job. 17 verses, um, which is on the long end of usual the gospel readings usually. Um, but those our faithful podcast listeners will recognize uh, the end of that gospel reading because we've talked about this gospel reading before. That um, Jesus saying, Jesus talking about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness, we talked about, and then John three sixteen is in there, and then the the one a uh, couple months ago when we talked about this, it was the verses after that that were highlighted, and in this one it's the verses before it, starting with the beginning of chapter three. So just to, for some context, we've been reading a whole bunch of John, but the last leading up to Pentecost, it was all from like chapters 15, 16, and 17 towards the end. Right. And now we're jumping all the way back to chapter 3. So we had the beginning of John's gospel and the wedding at Cana where Jesus turns water into wine and calling of disciples. And now we've got Jesus teaching in going to Jerusalem and, and teaching in the synagogues. <clears throat> and then this person, Nicodemus, comes to talk to him after the at this point, the Pharisees and the, and the Jewish leaders are catching wind of Jesus and his disciples and what he's teaching and starting to get kind of upset and starting to figure out a way to arrest him and, and get him out of the picture. So the thing that I want to highlight is Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee. So he is a member of this Jewish sect that is kind of the leadership and the ones leading the movement to like you know push back against Jesus and and arrest Jesus and get him in trouble. Then and, there's the Sadducees, right? What? The Sadducees as well, right? The priestly ones. Yeah, there's the Pharisees, the Sad Sadducees and the, the Essenes. So so Pharisee the word Pharisee really is means kind of like removed. It's like set apart, cut off. It's like people that are very, it's a, it was a sect of Judaism that was very intentional about outward piety, ritual, and living a life separated from kind of the secular world and being kind of more 
pure and clean than everybody else. Right. It was like a response to the Hellenistic culture. Mm-hmm. And so you see a lot of Jesus pushing back against that uh, in, you know, in all these different ways, talking about being hypocritical and only caring about the outside and how people see you and, and things like that. Because Jesus is all about like this inner change that's going on, an inner conversion. And so that's what this, that's to me what this gospel is about, is this born again thing that we're going to get to. Um, but I love it because it talks about Nicodemus. Uh, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. Right. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. So he's really going, he's going by night because he can't be seen going to talk to Jesus. No. Because he's a Pharisee and a leader. And I just think that's so great. That's like ultimate humbleness because they're supposed to have the answer. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Nicodemus because Nic- there's like a part of me that is Nicodemus. And it's like this inquiring, searching, like just feeling around in the dark for an answer I know is out there but isn't clear to me, you know. And he's really going against, to to be a Pharisee in this time, Nicodemus wouldn't just have decided that on a whim. You know, it's like it takes training and probably a whole life of training in Judaism and the laws and studying the laws and knowing the laws. And like, and like Jesus says, aren't you a teacher of the law? Aren't you a teacher of Israel? And for him to, for him to even have the inkling that something more, there might be something more or there might be a deeper truth or there might be a new way or another way. One takes a lot of humility to admit that. And two, it takes so much courage to go against your social group, to go against your religious group. The political group at the time as well. Yeah, to go against, it's really countercultural for him to even approach Jesus and ask him a question and call him rabbi and, like and acknowledge we that, know you're from God. And acknowledge that he has authority and that he's teaching right. something. And so I, I, and then Jesus is going to have this whole talk about being born again and about conversion. And I just wanted to see, I, I was curious. Because this isn't, I wanted to highlight where else Nicodemus shows up. Where does he? Because he, this is this is the first of three different times that he shows up in the Gospel right. of John. I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah. So it's always good to, to pay attention to things that happen in threes in the Gospels. Um, so Nicodemus shows up here. And then in chapter 7, there's a gathering of the Sanhedrin, like the main court of, of the Jewish leaders. And they are talking about bringing, like, charges against Jesus. And Nicodemus is one of them. And he is, like, the, the voice pushing back and saying, what is wrong with what he's doing? Isn't he, you know, saying he's just teaching and trying to help people? Mm-hmm. That happens in chapter 7. And so he's kind of, like, starting to be more outspoken in terms of supporting Jesus a little bit. And then he shows up for the last time in chapter 19 uh, after Jesus has been crucified and he's taken down from the cross and Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea comes who offers his tomb. And he says, um, after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a 100 pounds. Wow. 
They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloth, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. So this third time we see Nicodemus, he's coming to prepare Jesus' body for burial in the tomb. And so I love this because it kind of is like this full circle thing where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about being born again and being converted and like being born into the spirit. And then Nicodemus shows up at the end to usher Jesus into the tomb, into being born again in the resurrection. Wow. And like, I just like that to me is like this beautiful story of conversion of how like faith grows in someone from this little seed. It started with this little seed of questioning where Nicodemus takes the courage to go to Jesus and ask the questions that he's really wondering about because he's having a crisis of faith because his whole faith life has been the Pharisaic way of doing things. And then he has, and then that kind of grows as Jesus' ministry grows where he can kind of push back within the community of the Pharisees and to the point where he takes the risk of going and preparing Jesus' body in this beautiful, loving way. Loving, that's what struck me, it was like tender. Yeah, so such a tender, beautiful way. And in John's Gospel, it's these two people who can't even say that they are followers of Jesus out of fear, but are take, are going and lovingly wrapping Jesus and preparing him for his burial. And it just, to me, it's like we have this model of the disciples like dropping everything and following Jesus. And this to me shows that there's more than one way of doing that. There's so as many different people as there are, there's that many ways of being a disciple. And Nicodemus was as much a disciple of Jesus as Peter was. Peter may have been way more outspoken and for whatever reasons for him could be much more public. Nicodemus was coming from just a different background, but he did what he could to serve Jesus in the world. And I think that's that's what we're that's what kind of Nicodemus is calling us to do. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do in this born again thing is to find the ways, those small ways, find the small questioning parts of us, the, the little parts of us that are pulled to Jesus, to a new way of doing things and serve Jesus in whatever small ways we can, in whatever ways we are capable of, in whatever ways we can do it. I think also, yeah, serving as we've been served. You know, he gave us these kind of... Mm-hmm. We asked these questions, we got these answers, and then when he was dead and he couldn't, you know, embalm himself. Right. It's just like, and being there for people when they've been there for us, because mm-hmm. they've been there for us, and because, and yeah, just being there for people, you know, that, that flip of take tenderness. Yeah. Jesus was answering these questions. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, yeah, care. Yeah. Care roles that are flipped somewhat. Yeah. I mean, they weren't because, yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah, like, Jesus was gentle to him, and Nicodemus mm. was gentle with Jesus. Right. Um, Jackie. Who's going next? Jackie? Jackie yeah. Jackie, next. you're next. Um, I always feel bad for these people in the Bible verses that ask Jesus questions that then seemingly seem dumb (laughs) and i think this is actually this it's it speaks to my heart because it's always how i think i felt in seminary when i asked questions Uh (laughs) like i was the one that was asking the silly question that everyone should know 
So, so in verse four, we have Nicodemus saying to Jesus, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Uh-huh. Good can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Which I think that second question makes all females hurt whenever they I do know. that. But, <laughs> but besides that, um, you know, I think this is at the heart of the matter of our life as Christian people, but especially in a post-Easter world that we're living in right now in the church season of how how can we see God's reign without being born again? And I know that being born again is a really uncomfortable statement, so we could also say being born from above. Yeah. Um, and and so says. how does, yeah, how does our relationship with Jesus and how does our recognition of Jesus and how does our baptism transform who we are, mm-hmm. how we are born and how we are in the world. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's a great question from Nicodemus because it is hard to understand and it is hard to understand what our baptism means. And it's hard to understand how the very knowledge of Jesus transforms our life. Mm-hmm. Because those are logical questions to ask. I mean, Right. Like how do you physically, like, the logical thread to follow? Yeah. I don't think he was but. being, like, I don't think he's being sarcastic. Like, no, what, do you want like, me no. to go and be born again for my mother? I think he was, <laughs> no. like, he was legit wondering what he right. wants to learn. Right. He didn't go through the he night tiptoeing to, to be sarcastic. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm here to learn. <laughs> so he's, like, he he's, like, he seems confused. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I get that. And then so, and then he gets answered with this question, this answer that's really, he's, like, oh, okay, but how how do i do this he's like i don't know whenever these questions yeah. are answered it's always like oh okay cool one more time yeah <laughs> and it is like so how do i do that and jesus doesn't give a step by step instruction he goes on to talk about like the spirit and being born from from water in the spirit and like and, snakes and yeah snakes in the desert and which probably made more sense because he knew that story because he's a that's pharisee true. Mm-hmm. but still i'm just whenever they ask clarifying questions i always chuckle i'm like you fool mm-hmm. right. you thought you would get yeah. a better yeah. answer but i love that idea that you said jack you're talking about baptism because Jesus does kind of give an indication of what it, what he means by being born again, born from above. Yeah, right. Like next. we have a birth. We have a we have a physical birth where we are our physical man. Our incarnation is comes into the world. So we have this body, mm-hmm. you know, but we also have a heart space and a mind space that that can also be born from water and the spirit. That is like. Right. That Jesus, I think when, when people say you have to be born again in more conservative circles, they are also talking about conversion. But it's a different kind of conversion than I think we, the way we use the word. That kind of conversion is about, is about like becoming like a confession of Jesus as your Lord and Savior and like becoming right. this thing, um, becoming a Christian. This conversion is like an a lifelong inner conversion of always reorienting ourselves to God and growing in connection with ourselves and one another and with God. I think, right. And like a new way of seeing the world, how it actually is instead of how we want to see it or how, you know, we were taught to see it. Yeah. And, and so there is that thing about baptism of like that our baptism is us being buried 
and resurrected with Jesus. It's like that death and resurrection is what happens on the interior, inside, over and over and over again throughout our life that does that like conversion. Like God is working in us of clearing the lens through which we see the world and being Mm -hmm. able to see God moving in the world and being able to be more compassionate with people and be able to uh, be more gentle with ourselves and one another. My thing is about, um, on verse 8, it says, The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it's just when you feel like you've been born again, it's like, David, what you were saying, like it could take you to places that you never thought you would go, or maybe you don't want to be, but you just let the wind carry you. Just let it, you just, you mm-hmm. surrender it because it really, you're not in control, but that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you can try, we can try to maintain this illusion of control and like our knuckles will turn white trying to hold on to the handle, but it's a lot Mm -hmm. more fun when the wind is carrying you. It's also, I think, I think a commentary, Jesus' commentary on what the process of this being born from above is like. It's not like, Mm. oh, someone came to me and told me about Jesus and then I said, okay, now I'm a follower of Jesus and therefore born again. And it happened like in a snap. It's like Jesus is saying, the spirit is going to move in you in ways that you have no idea where they're going, where the spirit is leading you, what is going on inside. There are days that I have no idea what this like hurricane inside me is leading to. And right. It's not a subtle breeze. Yeah. It's not a fun process. It doesn't feel like most of the time if it's it's not like there's a, there is no destination, you know, there's no like, there's no getting there. It's just a journey of. It's always a process. It's always becoming and never having become. You know, it's like this, the wind, just like the spirit, just like the wind never has a destination of where right. it's going. It's just blowing. And there's... Until and, it's not. And this, the Holy Spirit has like, you know, if Jesus, if the Christ is like the Alpha and the Omega, it's like there is a starting point and an ending point. There is a destination, but it's not mine to know. It's only mine to be like pushed and pulled and blown around and to be okay um, going where the wind is is blowing. And yeah, and so once you accept that, because that's pretty much how life works in general, mm-hmm. it's that it happens. And I think we have a lot, it's kind of like the Buddhist ideal of attachment and suffering. Like if we don't feel so attached to our control and our need to understand why things happen or how things happen, mm-hmm. and we just let things happen, kind of let go then we'll suffer a lot less because it's going to happen regardless um so uh we have three things that we've highlighted then um the first one is about nicodemus and about asking questions and being inquisitive and also being open to the way that uh the slow work of conversion that happens in us and all the different ways that we are invited to be followers of of jesus in the world the second one um, is about being born from above and being kind of tapping into this new orientation of seeing the world and this lens through which we see the world and letting ourselves um, be shaped and formed by God's movement in our lives and being aware of it. And the third one is about uh, the spirit, like the wind moving where it will, and that it's our it's up to us to decide whether we're going to um, move w- in the direction that the wind is blowing us and work with the wind or push against it 
and to recognize that we don't have control uh, over every part. We have some control, but we don't have control over everything that we do. Radically accepting that. Yeah, yeah, radical acceptance. So uh, after having that discussion and hearing those points, uh, Maya is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new coming out of the gospel after that talk. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these things that you do, apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe me if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, We'll be back in your podcast feed next week on Sunday, June 3rd. Um, Make sure you go and check out all of the Faith to Go resources at www.stpaulcathedral.org slash faith to go. Or you can also on that website sign up for our weekly email, which will have all the resources in it, a little bit more mobile friendly. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and take part in those weekly discussions on the posts that we put up every Sunday morning. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back in your podcast feed soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.